Yeah, do you think we have a, have a tag? Like a pre-recorded thing? Yeah. In the same way that those online courses sell because they have a schmick intro video. Which well, we should have a schmick. Maybe, maybe the, the music's fading out right now. I'm Luke McMahon. And I'm Andrew Hurl. And this podcast is brought to you by stagemilk.com. Let's talk acting. And then the music has stopped and here we go. Okay. Hi, everyone. <laughs> My name's Luke McMahon. Uh, I'm Andrew Hurl. And uh, we'll, thanks to our first attempt at a podcast... Well, <laughs> well yeah. it is. It yeah. is. It's our first podcast. Um, and we're excited to be here. Extremely. Very relaxed. Super Luke's, relaxed. Luke's currently on a $3,000 mattress. Extra soft. Is that how much it cost It you? did cost me Because it is delicious. It's very good. I realize that's where you, you put your money these days. In the mattress. Into the mattress. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to the olden days where you hid the money under the mattress these days. <laughs> exactly. You actually integrate that and saving. And this, this, uh, this idea that the mattress is meant to be hard for your health turned out to be, to be untrue from my investigation. So you just go as soft as possible. This is like uh, everybody needs a bosom for a pillow just made into a The physical bed. form of Absolutely. Of <laughs> this is the bedification of the bosom. <laughs> bedification of it's that delicious. great, great classic track. Um. So after that long-winded little, uh, well, I think there's going to be a lot of tangents. Yeah, well, which we're going to we're going to encourage tangents. I think absolutely, sure. Yeah, and I hope that our listeners um, eventually start to participate um, and encourage our our tangents from Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We like being interacted. Absolutely. Um, now. We we wanted to we wanted to kind of brainstorm our first topic. Would you say we wanted to? Uh, yeah, we really wanted uh, to be organic. Uh, be organic as as such spontaneous people. We wanted to just <laughs> we wanted to just let it come to us. But but Luke, what, what, you know what's coming to you straight straight up off the bat? You know if we when we think acting, when we think about making a, a podcast about acting, um, to just to just. You know, put you on, put you on the spot there. Yeah, sure. I mean, for me, the first thing that comes to mind whenever I um, talk about acting um, is this idea that that acting that there's a secret to acting, that there's a magic pill, that if you speak to the right person, you listen to the right podcast, you um, have a tutorial with the right tutor, that eventually you'll know how to act, and from then on, you'll be this extremely good actor. Mm. So that's that's the thing that. We've s- we've mind. spoken about that quite a lot, I think, haven't we? Especially about um, you've had some some opinions on uh, on. Uh, I do doing, in general doing, doing you, you do have a few opinions, and that's why we're here. <laughs> um, but on on tr- on doing a lot of training and on doing and and how some people um, approach this idea of constant self improvement as an actor and doing because mm. there is a lot of a lot of a. Uh, People out there offering the secrets. Mm. We that certainly aren't. If you're listening for, no, for the there secret, will be no <laughs> secrets straight away. There is really. It's just, just hopefully just banter. Well, no yeah. I mean, we'll all. talk about it, and no. I think that that talk has value. Um, Absolutely, yeah. If especially if listeners are perhaps um, acting in isolation, they may not have a whole community of actors around them, and they're thinking. You know, how do I actually approach acting? Mm. Um, we're fortunate enough to have an acting community around us that kind of constantly engages us and keeps it, um, mm. keeps us involved. But 
I think we forget that a lot actually because I think a lot of these people who really want to do it and they don't necessarily haven't been to a you know maybe an established drama school or something mm. and they really don't know what the process is they just have the dream or just have the desire to do it yeah which is yeah. why I'm interested um, less perhaps in in the lessons of how to act and mm. I'm more interested in in what we can teach each other about how to be an actor yeah um, because it's actually more about that process, in my opinion. Um, those who are very good at being actors are more likely, in my opinion, to be successful than those people who are great actors. So do you mean uh, in terms of the lifestyle of an actor or the, in, in, the whole sort of everything, that not just the work as an actor? Or you do mean... Yeah, so I think, I think perhaps someone who is... Um, really switched on and understands um, th th what they need to do to prepare themselves to be an actor in terms of um, what resources they need to mm. um, collect before they approach someone like an agent to represent them or yeah. um, what it takes to produce your own work, for example. Um, I think those things are really valuable and important for actors. Yeah, I think that's very important because I think, and I think when we've spoken before about doing some of these courses and, and, and these sort of things, I think it is up to the individual to to really think about why they're doing things mm. because um, cause I think personally there is a lot you can get out of, you know, all these teachers and all these, um, you know, different resources that are out there. Mm. But you're right, it's about knowing the process of um, of how to pick what what do you need next, you know. Um, so what would what would your if if you say you you need to know what you want out of them, um, mm. kind of how how would you approach um, training from from here? Obviously, you've spent some time at drama school, but if you were to to do extra training, what would you be looking for? Well, I think one of the things for me is having um, studied full time for three years. And knowing how beneficial that was, I think one of the the main parts uh, of that that made that really valuable mm. was just doing the work every day. And I think, as you probably know, uh, and most of our friends know, we do spend a lot of time talking, playing video games, doing all this other stuff. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing for me at this moment is going, how can I actually keep doing it? Mm -hmm. So I think for me at the moment, it's looking for not necessarily spending a lot of money, but how can you get people together to maybe work on some scenes or mm -hmm. do something that just, you know, builds a muscle? Because I have, um, you know, regardless of where I might be at as an actor, I've tr I have trained for three years to be yeah. an actor. So I think the thing for me now is to continue to hone that craft and continue to kind of keep working on that acting muscle. Because mm -hmm. I think it is, I think... I've noticed from when you have a sort of dry period between auditions or between work, yeah, you definitely are back. You know, the nerves come back and you don't feel as comfortable. Um, so it's almost so. So I expected what I expected you to say was was you look at it as a refresher, um, mm. but in fact, the way you explained it then, it sounds more more like a pay to play, right? So um, in order to keep your craft active you pay to participate in it in some way yeah i guess yeah but i, th I do think i uh, i can see a little <laughs> your wry grin there where we <laughs> might be going but i i think 
like I kind of sort of you know mentioned is you can also I think find creative ways to do that. And I know we were talking earlier about people who maybe don't have the community. Mm. But I think one of the things I find interesting is that we're in a community where basically our entire year from acting school is within about a 10 meter rate, you know, sorry, a 10 kilometer radius of where we're sitting right now. Mm. And in... Not 10 meter. Yeah, not 10 meters. <laughs> They're not all uh, crashing on the living room. Uh, though they have, most of them. <laughs> um, but how little we are um, getting together to do things. You know, yeah. for me personally, anyway. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you just put on a play, which was was the first thing. Yeah, that's the first thing that I've ever ever since. produced. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was surprised, and I think um, our community would be surprised at how incredibly easy that was. Mm. Um, as long as you can be stupid enough or brave enough to just put yourself out there and do it, mm. um, we had absolutely no budget. Uh, I wrote the play myself. Um, Lara and I performed the show. Uh, we self-directed, we self-produced, we marketed it ourselves, um, and we were fortunate enough to sell out. Mm. Um, now, maybe that is just really good luck, <laughs> which is possible. Um, but we just thought, hey, why not? Uh, we're, we're not working at the moment, so why not? just put something on but do you think and do you think as well though even if all those factors didn't um sort of come together Align it wasn't so smoothly it yeah would it still have been beneficial to do do you think oh hugely you know? hugely yeah. beneficial yeah um and that's why i say it may just be luck because i can't necessarily see um where my knowledge deficit is because everything just worked yeah. um but but the lessons that I learned uh, are universal, for sure. Um, it takes um, a, a lot of um, hard work. Um, you have to trust the people you're working with. You need to be fully committed to the project mm. from day one. Um, but also, you have to be resilient um, during performance. And when the reviews come in, as well. Um, and what what was that like? Did you so? How did you go with review? I mean, reviews on the whole. Yeah, so I we got reviewed really generously. Mm. Um, in particular, because on opening night, um, our tech. Um, so on opening night, our techie had a car accident half an hour before the show. Wow. Yeah. Um, so he he was in a multi-car pile-up and all of a sudden we were thrown into a situation where we didn't know if we were going to go up. The, um, the person who ran the theatre in Adelaide um, said that he'd just step in with our uh, techies' notes and cues, even though they were written in his shorthand. So he had to interpret them. Um so we said, we ended up saying about 10 lines of dialogue in darkness. Um, and some of our sound cues were completely off. But they reviewed us really generously considering the setbacks. Mm. Um, that being said, we did have a couple that were less than generous. Um, but in saying that, um, kind of post-mortem, you look back and you go, okay, well the show wasn't actually written for that community of people that the writer was writing the review for. So you just have to take that on the chin. Not mm. everyone's going to be um, as receptive as 
some people were. That's kind of an interesting area. I mean, we're kind of potentially delving into a lot of areas that we'll cover down the track, maybe Absolutely. more specifically. But um, obviously, to do this requires a lot of resilience. I mean, what do you do? You think? Um, what, what do you think about that in terms of for acting? Do you think how important it is to have resilience and and dealing with things like you know getting these potentially getting bad reviews on a show that you wrote directed and stuff <laughs> yeah yeah resilience i think is one of the most important tools in the tool belt of any actor um and i'm not 100 percent sure where that comes from um i think in some actors that is developed over years of um being told that they're incredibly talented and and that they're going to go far, and of course, you know that um, that constant positive reinforcement from childhood makes them believe in themselves, um, perhaps to an excessive degree, um, and that gives them resilience to endure the the, the rejection and the setbacks. Um, for some people, they're just absolute sadists, I think, <laughs> and they they can just you know handle that. Um, that constant rejection mm. and um, and stay in the game, even though it is painful. Yeah, I think it's important when you s- kind of start to, uh, to to take yourself out of it a little bit and realize how many factors often go into the, the inevitable rejection for something. You know, um, especially with something like, particularly on film and TV, I guess, where p- often they're looking for someone who's so specific. Mm. You know, and you might just be too tall, too short, whatever it is, um, and not going, it's because of me, it's my, you know, and, and putting it all on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how do you how do you cope with it? With the I that? don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know there we me. go. <laughs> That's true, right there. Um, yeah, I mean, is I the think industry I th- what you expected on, on graduating actually, drama school? I, I actually, to be honest, have found on the whole... Mostly, it it is quite, um, you know, quite receptive and quite. I think you know most. If you go into an audition, almost completely across the board, people will always be open and friendly and give you a shot. And um, you know, often if there is rejection, I mean, especially with theatre auditions that I've done, if there's rejection, it often comes with. But you know, I really liked his work, and um, so I. Though I've, of course, been rejected for a number of things. I, I haven't had too many extreme cases, you know, where it's... Mm. Um, so, I've been quite good at being able to just accept that it's perhaps uh, one of the many factors that it could be. Mm. Um, I think that was one of the, th- the best things I learned near the end of drama school was this idea that once you've done the audition, to really just go forget on. Forget about it. To, to forget about it. Because I think that's the hardest thing is when you, you go to a recall and you get you feel, oh, you know, the more you feel, oh, this will be a great project. <laughs> or oh, I'm really broke. I really need this one. Yeah. Then you start when you spending your money. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is hard. I think, I've, I think it will remain difficult. But I think the more I'm finding that you don't, um, don't take it on as, you know, learn from it what you can learn from it. You mm. know, if you did go in, and you and you were you weren't confident with your lines, or you weren't, you know, you were underprepared. Don't then, when you get rejected, beat yourself up about it. Just go, well, okay, what can I take from that? What can I learn? 
I've got to be more prepared. I probably shouldn't have really <laughs> gotten really drunk last night. Yeah. And then gone to an audition. Um, and not to listen to those um, those examples that, that are the opposite. Um, you know, people will, people will regularly tell stories of how they got wasted and it meant that they were completely unprepared, but they went in the room and absolutely killed an audition. Mm. Um, sometimes for young actors starting out uh, or anyone starting out in this um, incredibly difficult career, um, they latch onto those um, exceptions to the rule and they mm. go, oh, well, that's how, that's how you do it because I heard that Johnny Depp did it once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think actually you, we, we've spoken about this quite a bit um, and I think it's really important, this idea that you... Um, looking at statistics in looking back on them and seeing like you know if you see your friend for instance who's had this sort of career and you go well he did uh, he did two short films and then that led to a feature mm. so if I follow that pattern mm. I, all I need to do is just get the two you know short films and then I get that and, and that but yeah, the fact is everybody's career or experience as an actor mm can be completely different. You could go five years and then just go straight into a, a major role or you could have lots of small roles and, you know, there's just innumerable paths. Possibilities. Um, and I think it's very important to realise that and to not to not try to emulate. Yeah, you can't copy <laughs> you know, someone can't. else's career. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, <laughs> what was the example you were thinking? Um, well, what person? Yeah. Or oh. oh, you don't necessarily have to name them. Um <laughs> we should probably put a caveat on this, <laughs> in that, that when we say well, things like we, we we may say things like, um, oh, well, a good friend of mine, and perhaps that good friend of ours could be us. You know, you could be well, you could be referencing yourself, <laughs> exactly. or you could be talking about someone yeah. that you 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 don't really know all that well. But perhaps it's better that we keep it general as opposed to naming. Yeah, them. I think I think that's a good idea. Um, but yeah, but I think I think the general rule applies that. That it, it's this idea, and and especially in this industry, there is these charismatic figures, and you see them, you see them at parties or you see them at social events, and you can be very drawn to them and their kind of attitude to acting. And some people are very kind of cavalier and maybe you know go, I don't ever prepare for an audition, or and <laughs> you, I mean, for, first of all, you don't know if that's true. I mean, people, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, and also, um, it it doesn't necessarily work for you. You know, some people can pick up a script and, and do it very naturally, you know, off a couple of reads. And some people do, you know, it does take a lot of work and maybe a lot of intellectual work or a lot of whatever process you want to put on it. So do you know your own process? Um, how, do you, how do you prepare for an audition? I, I think I'm still trying to work that out. I think I came from, um, I think after going through something like a, a three-year program, where you learn a lot, um, I think it's it's been a, it's been an interesting process to try and work out what out of that I want to take. Um, and I think for a while I've sort of fought against it and maybe underprepared a little bit and maybe just kind of gone back to um, using my instincts a bit, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, but I think yeah, I think to be honest, I think I'm still in uh, in a flux of working out. Uh, my process. What about you? How do I prepare for auditions? Mm. Um, that really depends on the week. 
<laughs> it really it really depends on life, you know, because we we all have lives outside of acting, so um, preparation is dependent on those things. Um, at least it is for me. Perhaps there are some actors who put absolutely everything else on hold in order to prepare for an audition. Um, so you will, uh, you, you'll sort of drop it, you know, maybe prioritise it more in certain, certain weeks, you mean? Absolutely. Or just, yeah, right, sure. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's a level of honesty that I didn't expect <laughs> <laughs> to, to come out well, Do you with. think it depends also on, on the project? I mean, if there's uh, something you, you know, you read the script and you're really excited about, you might. Yeah, and well, I think that regularly that is to my detriment or the detriment of the work. Right. Um, I, th- I think um, I, can, I can regularly fall in love with projects and that actually leads me to, to overwork the text, to, um, to develop um, a really kind of um, abstract impression of what my performance should be um, and then I'm outside of myself wanting the role when I'm actually supposed to just be acting. Mm. Um, I didn't articulate that particularly well. Um, let me try again. I think sometimes I over-prepare and the reason why I over-prepare is because I really, really want the role Um, and in fact, that means that when I'm in the audition room, I'm just demonstrating how much I want the role rather Mm. than um, how good I would be at acting the role if I were to get it. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. I think that happens, happens a lot when you really... Because you also, it's, it's almost the same when you, um, yeah, when, when you because you, you, you then feel so confident or you've done so much that you want to show it all mm. in, in what potentially might be a one-page, two-page scene. You know, and you want to show, yeah, but I, I know this about him, and I, you know, I've yeah, look, I can this cry limb, too, you know, <laughs> and, and I can cry all in one scene and get angry. Um, I think that's a really important thing that I've taken a while to learn. Is that I think early on, especially when you're auditioning for for drama schools and things, that you kind of it's this culture where you've got kind of one minute, two minute, or piece, and you're all mm. sitting around. You want to get up and you want to kind of top people and you want to show what you can do. Mm. Whereas I think more and more you realize that. It's actually about maybe just finding one element or one sort of truth in a piece and just sticking to that rather than going, look how look how amazing I am. Look at, look at the diversity of what I can look do. Look at my range. Yeah. yeah. Um, because then fundamentally it's just not being truthful. You yeah, know, and I, I think that brings up a really interesting point that um, <coughs> there is a culture of single-take auditions. Um, and obviously that comes with the huge volume of actors that you have in the world uh, and the timelines that that Hollywood and Bollywood and Australia's um, industry have that, that they need the actors, they need them fast, they can't uh, see everyone for a role um, and they want to see as many people as they possibly can because they want to find the next big thing um, or that one special thing. Um, unfortunately, that means for actors that we're in a bit of a bind. Um, it's a double-edged sword that we want to prepare because we need to go in and deliver a performance that is um, consistent, 
recognizable as the the character and professionally delivered um, but also uh, when we when we over prepare we we become rigid and and we we stick to um, perhaps uh, an overly simplified version of the character so I think in some ways actors can go too far with their preparation which leads to trying to show too much and perhaps going too far in a different sense can lead you to being stuck in a very rigid two-dimensional performance. Mm. Yeah, I would agree. Mm. Um, but maybe that's deconstructing to a point that isn't interesting for <laughs> listeners. I'm not sure. Uh, well, we'll never really know, you know. Uh, well, no, we will if you uh, leave us your feedback. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, where are we on? I mean, we've just... I think we're 30 minutes there. That was quite a... We can really go. We can. We, we can, can talk. Uh, we yeah. can really talk. I feel um, like I'm I'm letting you down by not asking you enough questions. No, so I I'm finding hear... you exceedingly interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear more of your opinions on things. Um, um, we just need to think of another topic. Well, there was a lot in what you are saying. I just kind of... Um, you wrapped it up so nicely. But I think... Um, w- when you were saying... So you were saying sort of about... Um, creating uh this sort of one take culture and and trying to sort of nail everything you do and getting mm. it perfect do you think how much room do you like again this comes into your preparation but how much room do you think you need to leave for sort of things to naturally occur in terms of i mean maybe i'm more talking in theater when you're maybe more interacting in a scene rather than in an audition sense where usually you, there is a level, I think, maybe where you have to kind of prepare because you don't know what reader you're going to have, or yeah. or do you think you you really leave yourself open to reacting in the moment and uh, perhaps going in, into different areas? Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting question, um, and and I'm not sure if I can actually offer answers here. And and please, anyone listening to this, don't imagine that I think that I actually know. The answers, but I'll I'll do my best to answer the question, because it is an interesting point that um, that we want to give a, a natural, uh, reactive, believable performance in the room, um, but we need it to be all of those things every single time, regardless of the conditions inside the casting room. Mm. Um, so, how much of that do we try to control ourselves? Um, in my experience, um, which is as an actor and on the other side as well, reading for actors, I think it's probably better to to lean towards leaving your pom- your performance um, open to being reactive in the room. Um, so mm. less rigid in your your own world and more, you know, I mean, I think there is a responsibility there for casting agents to to give you someone to work off. Um, and obviously, casting directors want to be re-employed as much as actors want to be re-employed. So, mm. um, and certainly in Sydney, my experience is that, that casting agents will have really good actors mm. behind the camera. I think it's, it's very important. I think, you know, there's that acting adage of acting is reacting. And I think it's very true in that if you are with someone who... Um, who is a confident actor as your reader, it, it really does help. It's, a, uh, uh, it's essential, uh, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, and I think a lot of people perhaps 
people who haven't maybe trained or haven't been doing doing this maybe a long time or uh, are looking at getting into acting, I think that's a really important thing to say is to, you know, to to learn that it is a two-way street. Interaction. It is, it isn't, you. this idea, I think initially, and I think I had this idea, it's all on me. You know, I, if I prepare, if I play angry, if I play, you know, whatever emotion, whatever I'm trying to do, whatever intention, strong enough, it will work. Mm. But I think you have to really... Um, and certainly that can be the case as long as that effort is focused towards changing the other person. Yeah. So if if your anger is really uh, focused, and I think that focus comes through having a very clear objective, and we're throwing around acting terms here, but um, if if what you're doing is functional, it makes sense in the scene, um, and it and it has a clear objective, and it's trying to change the other person, because otherwise, why would you still be talking to them if you didn't want something from them? Mm. Um, then that can work as long as after you're done <laughs> telling them what to do or what you want, when they tell you what they want, you're open to to receiving that. And that might end up just making you more angry or more mm. whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's uh, that's one of the fundamental things, I think, is this getting out of this idea of, you know, and you hear it a lot at drama school. You, I mean, you hear it a lot in general though, about this idea of not playing an effect. And I think you, um, I think often it, it it can come out of maybe slightly more inexperienced directors that kind of want they want a certain thing, and maybe don't understand how how an actor processes something, and so we'll go, you know, just give me just I just want it more angry, or or you know they're genuinely in a rush and they do just want mm. to get that out of you. Um, but it's not about just going, okay, how can I play more anger? It's about what you know, what can I um. You know, changing my objective again. Yeah, we are throwing out a few terms that you may not be familiar with, or you may be. But um, you know, there's there's other areas you can get to that outcome without just going. Okay, I'm going to be louder and I'm more tense. Be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just definitely has been a go-to for both of us. Well, you know, we've all done it, and well, I yeah. think, um, and I think that actually can be truthful because a lot of, you know, young men are. Uh, Loud, tense units. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, but but always trying to ground whatever you're doing in in some kind of truth. Mm. Um, and it is, you know, we do we throw around terms like acting is reacting and all of that kind of stuff, and it sounds incredibly indulgent to mm. say that stuff. And and I'm sure some listeners will say, yeah, now shut up. But um, but I don't want anyone to think in any way that that the way we're talking about it is. You know, like we, like we're um, the authorities on this jargon in some way. We're not. It's just the way that we, yeah, can, can I mean, talk about these things and and understand each other talking about them. Mm. Um, because I know that for some some actors just starting out, the idea of an objective freaks them out. Mm. Um, but put simply, it's just what your character wants. Mm. Um, and anyone can think about what they want right now. You know, I'm hungry. I want a donut. And you're selling me the donut. Can I please have a donut? <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, that might be. I mean, what uh, might be a good, uh, good, good place to begin to sort of wrap it up? Talking about what do we, what do we want out of this podcast, Luke? What do we, what do we think? Um, 
we 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 said at the start of this we'll uh we'll just give it a red hot go and we've managed to to have a good forty minute chat. Yeah, great. <laughs> Not sure how entertaining it's been. Well, it doesn't. Yeah, you know, who been, cares? It's been quite fun <laughs> for me. Um, but what do you think? As two people that often discuss acting, like mm. most actors, you know, we sit around at cafes talking acting, and um, what do you think is actually useful to? And, and where do you think we we should go in terms of what? What is just getting getting people stuck in this? You know, constant talking about it and what what can we actually begin to discuss and talk about that might um might be useful for listeners do you think well it sounds like you're coming from a, a fairly motivational angle and <laughs> and it and that's and that's absolutely right like i right i um one of my objectives in in creating this podcast is to motivate people to to get out there be brave and to create work because yeah. at the end of the day um you know Telling stories is is the goal, mm. and if you've got a story to tell, get out there, tell it in whatever way you can. Um, and I love being a, a, an audience member as much as I love acting, um, as long as the tickets are free. Um, <laughs> but but um, I think my other objective is to perhaps be a little bit of a mythbuster um, on some of the misconceptions that are perpetuated in this industry by people who who will take financial advantage of of beginners um, mm. and at least start the discussion on that mm. um, so they're th perhaps my objectives at yeah. this point um, how about you Andy what do you what do you want no I think that's a very good point because I think um, yeah I think we, we've spoken about that a lot this idea of you know, as, you know, working on, for instance, you know, this is being aired through um, through Stage Milk, which is a website that offers resources for actors. And I think one of the things when I've written for that is to be very cautious of, of offering this secret. And it's more like you say, we want to start some discussions and find some things that people can take away without paying, you know, $1,500 <laughs> yeah, for a day or, exactly. or potentially. Um because I think fundamentally a lot of the time there is um, core principles that you don't necessarily have, you know, that, that can be useful um, and, and they can be sort of repackaged up in these, you know, courses or websites or ebooks or whatever it is, how to become an actor, you know, and people are spending a lot of money and people are, um, you know, thinking there is these secrets to mm. it. Um so yeah I think that's a good that's a good approach to to begin to talk about um you know what 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 can you can you take away that it you know that's going to be useful starting conversations yeah I like that um yeah great well um we got through it we man. did yeah. um so hopefully we'll we might we might we might have more of a name next time. We might not. We might continue to. Yeah, maybe yeah. it'll um, get restricted um, <laughs> over the. Maybe we'll get you know, but a plethora I, of complaints that you know. <laughs> you but just let's ramble. get loose. Um, or we might be encouraged to ramble more. You know? Absolutely, people might. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I definitely hope so because <laughs> we don't love preparing. <laughs> um, so uh, well, thank you very much for listening, and uh, hopefully we'll be podcasting again soon. <laughs>